Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Women on the Line, a national feminist current affairs program produced by women and gender non-conforming people at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne, on Wurundjeri country of the Kulin Nations, and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. I'm Iris Lee. Catastrophic climate change caused by the current growing emissions of greenhouse gases from this capitalist colonial system has been making the headlines. How do we build a collective fight to end the climate crisis and fight for justice to end systemic inequality simultaneously? How do we build a movement that centers First Nations people's resistance to genocide and the ecological crisis since colonization? Well, a panel held by We Are Union Women answers some of these questions. The panel was held under the title Feminism in the Pub, Fighting for Climate Justice, on June 19th at the Clyde Hotel in Carlton. Many of the speakers touched at the Jabberong Heritage Embassy, which is featured on a previous show on Women on the Line, found at 3cr.org.au forward slash women on the line. The panel was hosted by Cresta Luca Rambich and Alex Thornton. The first question to the panel is, what does climate justice mean as a working woman? We hear from Amanda Mayomate, a rente woman. Um, in regards to what I'm doing at the moment, uh, which is I've been sitting on Japuan country for the past 12 months, um, protecting sacred land, sacred birthing trees, where once upon a time our women gave birth in those trees. Um, so for me, it's not about as a working woman, it's about it's, this is an obligation, regardless. Um, I was shown something 12 months ago. I only set out to, to stay there for three days, really. And I haven't come back to Melbourne since. So um, it's an obligation. I can't turn my back on it. Um, and it's as simple as that. As far as climate change and climate justice, like I always say, if we just listen to the First Nations people from all around the world... Half of these campaigns wouldn't even be happening right now. We hear from Catherine Cunningham, Gippsland resident and Earthworker Cooperative board member. Um, as a earthworker, um, working also for Earthworker Energy Manufacturing down in Morwell. As a working woman for me, cluster, climate justice is about what I do with my time and my energy and my day to make a difference and to try and build a new world, um, hopefully before the old one destroys itself. So, and building uh, in Earthworker, our focus is to build cooperatives, worker-owned cooperatives, people who have stepped out of the jobs versus planet equation and said that doesn't have to be that way. That's a really old, divisive narrative that's got nothing to do with us and everything to do with power. And when we um, 
when we, when we do our work, the work that we need to do to pay our rent, if we are doing that in, an, in any given job that's about building new world and, and building stronger planet or any of those places, then you've got a... I guess you've got a more whole life, yeah? If you've spent half your... If you spend eight hours of every day doing something you know is doing damage, then you're not doing just damage to planet, you're doing damage to soul. So, to me... Yeah, and hopefully as working women we realise the rest of the work that's arriving as well, all the unpaid work, all the unrecognised work, all the other work that women do on a daily basis and how that has just as much effect for climate justice as well. Like every, every way we hold our homes, the choices we make in our kitchen, all of the things that we do, we, we make a choices and those choices have effect. So to me as an earth worker, yeah, it's a full scale option to live at large. We hear from Anna Langford, Friends of the Earth Melbourne activist and Hospo Voice United Voice Victoria member. Um, I'd firstly also like to acknowledge that we're on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people tonight and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Um, And I'm sorry if anything I say makes no sense tonight. I just raced here from a Spanish exam and um, I've been thinking in Spanish all day. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm, uh, I'm honoured to have been asked to speak on this panel tonight because I think climate justice for me, um, it, it means um, undoing a lot of stories that I think a lot of us have been told about the world um, and about the future um, for me, uh, what I, from what I learned at high school or um, what I read in the news, stories like the union movement happened a while ago, won us some rights and now it's over, job done. Um, like that's genuinely what my Australian history class basically was. Um, and that the climate fight is either too big for us to tackle or over already um, or it's not worth... Um, involving like all all the other parts of our society in the climate fight um in in order to confront it as a crisis um i think the powerful thing about climate justice is that it does mean so many things it connects a whole lot of parts of society and issues in a way that maybe they've never been connected before um and it shows us really more powerfully than ever um how connected we all are um yeah, and I think that the union movement and the environment movement joining forces in that sense is um, so, so overdue, but also one of the most exciting things ever that I've seen really um, ignite in the last year particularly. Yeah. We hear from Rebecca Jacoby, Jabberong Women and from the Jabberong Heritage Protection Embassy. Um, so... What brought me to working with the embassy wasn't necessarily climate justice to begin with. It was about, for me, protecting culture and protecting the cultural um, heritage of the area. Um, But then when I think about it more deeply, um, climate justice is instilled in Aboriginal culture just as a value through our connection to the land and then the animals. So in saying that I feel like all as human beings are also connected to the land and we all have this obligation, as Amanda said, within ourselves to the land because we live on it. So, yeah, that's what climate justice means to me. Women's on a light. <laughs> oh.
Women on the Line. Women on the Line. <laughs> So as unionists and allies, do you have ideas of practical actions that we can take to support your campaigns? I just wanted to say, I just remembered that um, yesterday marked the 12-month anniversary of us being on the front line and it's actually, we're actually the... And it's... Uh, and we're also the second longest um, blockade in Australian history as well. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in, in regards to solidarity, um, look, I like to say that I, I celebrate all my heritages. I'm from, you know... Uh, Lots of different backgrounds, you could say. Um, and I don't want people to come to me and say, listen, I'm really sorry for what my ancestors did. You know, that's terrible. It's, it's awful. I don't want an apology from people that didn't do anything. But what I want is, is everyone to finally stand side by side and, you know, unite because this is what we need to do. It's, it's about uniting as people, you know, um, respecting that we're respecting our ideas um, because we do understand the land and it's about opening up to our culture as well um, because it is rich it's not all about you know throwing a boomerang and just doing a corroboree and a smoking ceremony it's not just about that it goes a lot deeper than that you know our people were smart enough that <clears throat> when we got here or well, when sorry, from the beginning of time we mimic the animals. The animals were our teachers, you know. Um, animals tell a lot. The landscape tells a lot. I've learnt that just in the 12 months that, that I've been there. Everybody just needs to take their shoes off and just step on the land for a little while and just be in peace with it, you know. But as far as solidarity, I think we just all need to unite and, you know, um, stand up for our First Nations people. That's what it's about, really, for me. As far as um, the second longest blockade in Australian history goes, um, support, look, any way you can, visiting the camps, um, coming and staying, you know, we, we need extra bodies at the moment, um, as Vic Roads have been known to inject trees with poison back in 2017, so we do need lots of eyes and ears. Um, yeah, look... There's a website that you can go to, um, dwmc.com, and uh, there's some details on there that, um, yeah, you can follow. Just, yeah, a lot of bodies we need. Just that, that type of support would be great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so there's um, – we understand that, like, there's a lot of different ways that people can support and not everyone can come up to the camps, but um, that is what is really needed, especially um, at times when there's red alerts and we need lots of bodies really quickly. Um, and we appreciate that we've got different supporters for different means as well. So we've got supporters that can come up for the red alerts. We have supporters that can come up 
every few weeks and spend time at the camps and help us be eyes and ears. Um, we also have supporters that can't come out to the camps but do what they can from the cities or where they live, either by having fun, small fundraisers, um, raising what they can, either they um, make some crafts or, and sell them. We've had a lady that sews patches and um, the sales have just been, she's been a hard job keeping up with them. So even um, every little tiny way that you could possibly think of is appreciated. And there's no idea that's too small that we don't think. So um, if you have an idea of how to support, contact the, um, the Jabberong Embassy page. It's probably the easiest way. Or um, you're able to also sign up to the email list on um, dwembassy.com if you don't use Facebook. So you can either um, get in contact with us about your ideas if you're a little bit not sure about how to go. Because a lot of people, what I've heard from a lot of people is that they're apprehensive about how to support given that it is on sacred country and because of the Aboriginal culture and a lot of people are just confused about don't know where to start and they want to be respectful. Um, I think if you come with an open mind and good intentions and you're willing to learn and listen to us, um, your help will be appreciated and you will be accepted by us. Like, yeah. Yeah, as, as, and as well, like, um, don't um, expect a reply back to the page or whatever straight away. Um, it can take up to, like, one to three, four days, depending on what I'm, we're doing at the camps, um, as it can be pretty hectic. Like, we're not just sitting at the camps and watching. We're also doing the campaign. Um, also, tour guides, I guess, in the, when people drop in and want to learn about the trees... Um, a lot of people just passing by and wanting to know about what we're doing have never even heard of us before. So keep that in mind when you're trying to contact us and you might get a bit frustrated that we don't answer. <laughs> Sorry, <all you>. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Across these stolen lands now called Australia, you've been listening to Women on the Line, highlighting a range of gender non-conforming and women voices, broadcast on the Community Radio Network. We're hearing from a panel at We Are Union Women's Feminism in the Pub Fighting for Climate Justice event, featuring Arente woman Amanda Mahomey, Gippsland resident and Oforaka Cooperative Board member Catherine Cunningham, Jabberang woman and from the Jabberang Heritage Protection Embassy, Rebecca Jacoby, and Friends of the Earth Melbourne activist and Hospo Voice United Voice Victoria member, Anna Langford. Awesome. So, as I said, this is a great way to reach us uh, and and step in, step up, step towards your own sovereignty as much as as everyone else's, yeah? And the more humans who step up and say, my life actually means something and I'd like to do something with it and I'd like to build something powerful for my grandkids, the more shot we've got at a beautiful world for our grandkids. Um, so to me, worker-owned cooperatives are that way, along with co-housing and food cooperatives. Food security is pretty important. Um, cooperatives, we're building, we've started with um, these three that we've spoken to today, but then also um, uh, we're just in conversations about building a certificate for in small business management in the context of cooperatives. So groups of people who want to build a cooperative but who don't necessarily know much about business, but would like to learn how to build a business in a cooperative context, you know, for the six months it takes to do that course. So that, to me, 
is it's a bit of thing I'm, I guess I'm driving is is moving that forward. One of the industries that we really need to look at really quickly is is the care industry. Um, I don't know if you noticed this, but there's a lot going down right now in the aged care and the and disability care right now. And there's a lot of corporations chewing up and spitting out people. Um, and if those workers could become worker-owned cooperatives, if they could own that work and just continue to do the work they love to do in a, in a way that they own and deliver the care they want to deliver because that's who they are and what they're doing, then in a worker-owned cooperative we have a different future for everybody, in, in, including the clients, hopefully. Everybody gets a shot at that. So, yeah, become a member at least. Stay in touch. Join our, uh, jump on. I didn't bring a sign-in sheet. So jump online and sign up for the, the newsletter. Stay in touch with us. We do have um, events occasionally all over the place in different ways. Um, we are, it feels a little bit like we're a little bit of a skeleton crew at the moment and yet I know there's, there's tens of groups of us all across the country doing all sorts of things. Uh, and there's, there's bound to be something that people, yeah, I mean, there's a builders cooperative starting at the moment. There's a group of people who are wanting to build a builders cooperative and that would be natural building. Um, and there's a stonemason crew I know of that is starting to think. And I just heard about an electric vehicle refitting cooperative that might be starting at Castle Mainway. So, yeah, I think there's all sorts of opportunities and my call to action would be come and play, come and work, come and do all the things with us because, you know, it's, it takes people... Choosing it, choosing this, choosing this kind of life, yeah? And, and as hard as it sounds, running a cooperative is not lonely. It's, really, it's a really great way of being with other humans, is building something like this together in a, in a deliciously consensus way. We're always learning all the time. So that's it. Um, so probably two main things. Um, of course, I would love everyone to become a member of Friends of the Earth, but um, I'm like, yeah, I'm not even biased. I've seen the incredible amount of work that gets um, pumped out of that place um, with the most amazing campaigns rooted in community power um, that over the last few years have um, seen Victoria get a Victorian renewable energy target and... Um, a permanent ban on fracking, which I think is one of the strongest in the world, um, and a Climate Change Act, which commits us by law to hit um, zero net emissions by 2050 at the latest, um, which is what we're working on at the moment. Um, and, of course, there, there are so many collectives working on different things at FOE. Um, sorry, Friends of the Earth. Um, if, if you're interested in joining anything like that then um in particular what might be interesting um to you guys is that there's a green new deal um group that's just started up which is basically um a community group discussion about what a version of a green new deal could look like for victoria um because obviously that kind of thing has to be tailored to each state each area based on um the industries the communities that most need help um, yeah, that kind of stuff. And um, so that that's the first thing. But the other thing um, that I think really just needs to... I, I'd love to see happen um, across the board um, is that I think we all can start to actively dispel conversations um, that 
blame working people and disadvantaged communities for the election result. And you guys don't need telling this, like, you're unionists, but <laughs> um, just the the amount of Quexit posts and um, other other kind of posts and, and conversations that I've seen since the election that just revert to blaming disadvantaged people and using language um, that that people are basically selfish and greedy is just not, not only untrue, but um, completely crushes us into inaction. And I think what we can do when we hear that kind of language is to um, tell people who the actual people and companies causing the huge problems we're seeing in the world today are and direct them towards them and direct them into action to um, stop all of the harm that they're causing. And we can do that at places like Friends of the Earth, at the Jupwurrung Embassy, Earthworker. Um, yeah. Women on the line. Now stay tuned to hear questions from the audience. Uh, hi. Um, first, I just want to say uh, thank you for coming down off country and uh, trying to talk to people about the importance of our trees. They are really... I don't know if people realise that 800-year-old trees are 2,500 generations of women. It's really significant to us. And so, and I guess my question is about this, is that I struggle with the tensions as an Aboriginal person, and I'm really interested in your view about this. So I hear the language climate crisis, I go illegal occupation. I hear the language feminism, I go women's business. I hear the language climate action, I go, let us govern our country. That's what I say. So, and I... I, I see the industries being built around the climate and no Aboriginal experts are put into those positions. We get these token little jobs that go, we will consult with Aboriginal people, but we'll dictate the terms of that consultation and we will not employ them as experts in our country. This country, we had agriculture, we had seeds, we had we farmed the seas, we fished the waters. We know about this, culture, this country and this culture, yet we are not considered part of the climate crisis. Our life, who we are, is the climate crisis. Our people in prisons are a consequence of the beginning of a climate crisis that began 230 years ago. That is the truth. Our, we have men being locked up for wanting to save trees. Those men are being locked up for protecting the rights of women to protest and save our sacred spaces. So I guess what I'm in, and I don't mean to sound angry, just very passionate, but I'm interested in how we as women, oh, I'll be angry, allowed to be angry in the room, but I'm in, and it's a question for you, you don't have to, you don't, you don't have to answer this, but I'm interested in how we as Aboriginal women and non-Aboriginal women deal with the tensions that I have sat with in this room all night. I know we come in peace, I don't that for a minute, but I sit with tension in this room, the tension between my right to sit on my country and take my daughter to those trees with her daughters and the rights of people to have authority over our country and our climate. I, I struggle with, you know, you talk cooperative and I think everything you say is lovely, but our cooperatives are 70,000 years old. We know this stuff well. So I struggle with, are your industries employing Aboriginal people? Are you asking them about what those countries... You know, I just that's my struggle anyway. So I'm interested in a genuine conversation with non-Aboriginal people about... You want, you want the... Treaty, land rights. 
That's what we want in this country. So I just, I, I want someone to help me with those tensions so I can sit with my non-Aboriginal sisters and walk better. <laughs> Um, sometimes when I think about the issues that we've got um, that's just facing us, like what's brought us to the embassy is the threat of our trees. But there's also so much that goes along with that to why we've ended up in the situation that we're in. Um, I would like to think that, you know, we all have these measures in place that the government has put for, to protection of the Aboriginal people and their culture and to give them a voice. Unfortunately, though, it hasn't happened. And then we had um, another wave of um, Aboriginal advancements that um, did their job back in the 70s and 80s, but now they've somehow uh, maybe dwindled away or maybe they have to conform to the government um, and maybe they don't have the powers they once had. But it does make me worry for the future and it also motivates me into doing something because I feel like if I don't, then maybe no one will. And I feel like the more I sort of say how I feel, more people are standing behind me as I have behind Amanda and DT. So it's spreading slowly. Look, for me, I stand on country for everybody, you know. Um, because regardless of whether you out there think it or not, if we're not backed as people, as First Nations people, we're all fucked. It's as simple as that. That's how it goes, you know? And to ease that tension, I think what I said before about solidarity, it's not about apologising for what your ancestors did. And, you know, like I said before, I celebrate all my heritages. You know, it's not just the one. But, you know... It's about saying, you know what, we're here and we're going to stand by your side and we're going to listen to what you really want. Really listen, you know, without all the bullshit, without all the tokenistic shit. We're just going to stand by your side. What do you need? What do you want? What can we do? Let's back each other, you know. United, we stand. Divided, we fall. All of us. You have been listening to excerpts from the We Are Union Women's Feminism in the Pub Fighting for Climate Justice event on June 19. Thanks to We Are Union Women, the team, hosts Cresta Lukamurambridge and Alex Thornton. Join your union if you are not a member. Thanks to the panellists, Arente Woman Amanda Mahomi, Gippsland resident and Earthworker Cooperative board member Catherine Cunningham, Rebecca Jacoby, Jabberong Women from the Jabberong Heritage Protected Embassy, and Anna Langford, Friends of the Earth Melbourne activist and Hospital Voice United Voice Victoria member. You can hear the full panel in a link in the podcast description at 3cr.org.au forward slash women on the line. Women on the Line is a national feminist current affairs program. It's produced and presented by a range of women and gender non-conforming broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne on Kulin Nation's land and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network with funding support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The theme music for Women on the Line is Slideshow at Free University by La Tigra. We'd love to hear your comments or thoughts about the program. 
So please send an email to womenontheline at gmail.com or give us a call at 3CR on 03 9419 You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. I'm Iris Lee. Tune in to Women on the Line next week on your community radio station. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.